Poetic Properties is a complex creation brought to you by Infinitely Complex Production and sponsorship with Peacefully Flawed Apparel, where we believe that no matter the darkness, you have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. Thank you for tuning in to the Poetic Property Podcast. I am your host, Complex the Poet, father, author, and entrepreneur. Um, this week was a, a high mixture of, of good and bad, per se. Um, good because I feel like I'm, I'm fighting towards being better. Um, I haven't had many depressive funks in the past couple of days. It's just the one lingering you know, situation or reminder per se, uh, which is Kennedy's birthday on December 24th. Um, that's really been kind of holding me captive per se. I really be trying to fight through it, trying to stay focused and be attentive to, you know, the, the other kids and be attentive and stuff at work and get stuff done. But it's really difficult. Um, it really is, but you know, I deal with it in meditation I deal with it throughout the day, journaling um, in regards to my grief. Um, it's difficult because the other kids grieve as well. They have their own issues going on. And I, as the parent, have to shut mine down so that I can help them. And I don't I don't mind it. You know, it just it's just difficult to continue to suppress um things in order to make sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do for the kids. But that's a sacrifice for me that I'm willing to make as a parent um, to make sure that they don't end up with as much trauma as me. You know, um, I want to break that cycle and, and give them some understanding of how to deal with it. And if that means that I got to put uh uh, hold my emotions and my grief back to a certain extent that I'm willing to do that so that I can help guide them through um, through life, right? Through their emotions, through their ups and downs, through what they feel like are trauma uh, and triggers. Um, and I just try to be an example of that. And this week I found out that I was not being a good example of that. And <sighs> I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to do better. I mean, I'm trying, but I don't even know how, because I had a conversation with King and, and his birthday is December. It's it's crazy. His birthday is December 18th. He was technically supposed to be born the same day as his sister, of course, years, years prior. Um, but the doctor at the time didn't want to uh, do the delivery on that, on the 24th. So the delivery is on the 18th. So his sister passed on the 24th really has affected him because he knows that he was supposed to be born on the 24th. But then he also knows now, like he's, he's about to be 14. So, um, having that thought of like, dang, I was supposed to be on the 24th. My sister passed away on the 24th. Nobody enjoys my birthday anymore. And I'm like, that mess with me because I love all my kids. Anybody who knows me know I really be putting on for all of my kids. Um, and I really try to be positive, be present in all activities, um, all acknowledgement, stuff like that. And so uh, knowing that, you know, having this conversation with him and him feeling like everybody is either sad or mad around his birthday, 
Like that bothered me. And that let me know that even even though I'm trying my best to be present, trying my best not to, you know, allow Kennedy's passing to take over who I am to them. It's not working to an extent when it comes to King. And King is my gentle one. He's my my quiet one. He will accept whatever life gives. Um, he is I and I am him to an extent like because he'll shut down just like I'll shut down. Right. And we won't really talk about it. We won't really. Um, like it's certain things that I just shut down on and I just feel like I got to figure it out by myself. And my son is like that as well. And he doesn't want to uh, ruffle feathers or or make it an issue in his mind. He don't want to make it an issue by saying that. But this year he said it. Right. And I, I, I apologize. I looked him straight in his face. I said, son, I've really been trying. Um, I thought that I was doing a better job of presenting myself whole in your time of celebration. Right. I said, it's not my intent to make you feel like you are less than any of your siblings. Uh, your day is not diminished because it's close to the death of your sister. Your, your, your day is still as important as ever. Again, it's going to take me to prove it to him. Right. Like I tell you guys all the time, like depression, it don't know that these are my kids. It doesn't know that my partner is my partner. It doesn't know that my boss is my boss. It doesn't know depression when, when it hits, it hits. When the fog is, is, is heavy, it's heavy. And I can do everything that I feel like I'm doing, right? Like, cause this whole time I'm thinking like, I'm being cool, I'm being open, I'm being loving. And I know that I am, but I know for a fact that around this time I do get, it, it gets dark for me. It gets difficult because I feel like, I'm losing something and in losing something, I'm, I'm overlooking what I have and none of my kids are greater than the other. I love my kids equally, but differently, but no one, not one of them has higher value than the other. And hearing him say that and looking them in his face and, and seeing like, Oh shit, like he feels like he's non-existent. And for me, I'm like, like, cause it's life. You try to find the excuse of the why. And so my first thing is like, well, he shuts down. So how how am I supposed to know? Like I'm doing my best, right? Ego, ego. Even as a parent, ego, you try to find a way to 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 not be wrong. And so as I'm looking at him and I'm in my mind, I'm like, dang, I'm really trying my hardest and stuff like that. But sometimes your best is, is not enough and you have to be OK with that. Right. I love my son. I love all of my kids in this particular situation. This is this is King and I. Right. I love him enough to do better. I love him enough to to try different things. Yeah. Difficult time of year for me. I don't know how long this is going to be a difficult time for me, but I do know that looking my son in my eye, looking my son in his eyes and seeing him say what he said and feel how he feel. I gave him my word. I'm, I'm going to do better. Whatever I have to do, I'm going to do better because I love him enough to say, you know what, son? I am doing my very best that I can to not lose it. In regards to your sister's passing. 
it's very hard for me because I'm doing everything, the parent part. I'm doing all the parent part, the responsible stuff. I'm doing all that by myself. The fun part of me is is diluted because I got to do everything by myself. I got to grieve by myself. I got to got to heal by myself. I have to do all these things, you know, and, and on top of that, I got to be a parent and y'all didn't ask to be here. So I'm shutting certain things down, thinking I'm helping. And in reality, I'm not. But for you. I'm a change for you. I'm going to take whatever steps I possibly can to do better because I thought that I was doing well in it and I was not. And so we, you know, we had our conversation and he, you know, he kind of smiled a little bit. Um, as I was talking to him, because he's been in situations to where he'll be speaking to one of his parents and he's not heard. He's not being listened to. And I'm not that. I'm I'm not that. Like your feelings are super valid. I don't I'm not one of them. Suck it up, be tough, blah blah blah. I'm not one of them. What are you feeling? Okay, let's figure that let's figure that out. And so we sat here for a few minutes and we figured it out. I said he said what he said, I said what I said. I said we just got to hold each other accountable. We we got to figure it out. Um I'm gonna do better with initiating loving on you around this time because again I had no idea you felt like we were all sad or and or mad around your birthday and so it's difficult <laughs> it's difficult man I swear to God it's difficult it's difficult like like this whole process of me being the primary parent, me having full custody, like this shit is difficult. And like, I see all the time, like, you know, they try to create this competition of single mom, single dad, you know, well, oh, the mom, the woman, blah, 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 blah. blah. It's like, y'all, y'all, like fam, this shit is on both sides. It's deadbeats on both sides. It's difficult on both sides. And so, there has to be a point in for me because I don't want to be the I'm all you got and you're going to do and feel how I want, you know, what I say and, and, and feel how I want. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm willing to take the pain. I'm willing to take the frustration. I'm willing to take the hurt if it means that I can break the cycle of suppression of emotional suppression within my family i'll chill i'll chill so i can allow you to feel so i can help you feel how you how you need to feel regardless of how it affects me right because like i'm torn up by that i'm not even gonna hold you so really you know kind of put a damper on my week just knowing that but it but it gave me a sense of encouragement of what I need to improve in my connection with him and with my connection overall with the kids, because if he feels that way, I know that they're just like, all right, we just gonna leave pops alone, like whatever. So there's something that I gotta work on as well, you know, on top of on top of having that conversation with him, on top of feeling how he feels and me, kind of you know, being down about it. Right. I have to 
pull myself up because, again, his argument is that people are sad around his birthday. Well, he's his birthday is the 18th. Hers is the 24th. It's very difficult. And I, I see it often. It's very difficult to cut the, the happiness on 10 when I'm feeling the happiness on zero. Right. I got to do it because it's, it's, it's me. And I don't think people understand the difficulty of that. I don't think people really get, you know, how frustrating, how confusing, um, how much work it, it, it takes for real to be able to, to, uh, balance it. Right. On top of that, you know, stuff with work is drastically like worse than it's, than it was when I was kind of talking about it every week, that's why, that's why I've been saying I'm chilling on work stuff, but another leader quit. Another leader got transferred, um, because things are just not working. And that's another frustration of mine just in the, in the professional field is like, I got to deal with all of my emotions at home. I have to deal with, you know, my kids trying to figure life out. Um, me, you know, trying to grieve properly, on the things that are necessary. Cause it's not just the loss of Kennedy that I haven't had a full opportunity to grieve. It's so much more, but I don't have that opportunity because I'm the kid's primary parent. I'm the kid's confidant. I'm the kid's nurse. I'm, I'm, I'm their parent. Right. So when I sit at work, a lot of times I'm like, work is my escape. And I know that sounds crazy, but as much stuff that be going on in my life with relationship stuff, with grieving, with the kids, with uh, sports schedules, work schedules, school schedules, one kid about to go to college, one kid uh, about to get a job or the second kid about to get a job. This kid now wants a girlfriend and, and wants to go here. Like, so it's, it's just a lot. And when I go to work, I'm there to work. And I haven't been able to uh, fully do my job. And I've expressed this to my employer. Like, I haven't done my job in, like, I don't know how long. Like, I have my true job description is not what I'm doing right now. And it hasn't been for a couple of years now. And it's starting to get frustrating. And I don't have an outlet. So I shut down. Because I got to be so serious at home. Because I want to make sure their mental is right. I want to make sure that they're moving correctly. I want to make sure that they don't feel left out of anything or feel less than. So I got to cut mine off to deal with them. And so when I log into work, I know that they're not going to bother me for real, like meaning my kids and stuff. I know they're not going to bother me for real. So it's like, all right, this they know I'm at work. Let's get to it. Right. But then I get to work and then it's, it's BS. And so I can't escape it. So. I'm frustrated on the clock. I'm frustrated off the clock. And it's just a, a daily trying to think of ways to make work better, trying to think of ways to make the business pop, trying to think of ways to help the kids, trying to think of ways the kids can help me. And it's just been a lot. It really has. It's, it's been a lot like that threw me off with King and I can really it, it really tripped me out. It really tripped me out because I know that. I know that they are, they lost a, a sibling just like I lost a daughter. 
And so I look out for that. I pay attention to the downtimes. I pay attention to the mood swings. I pay attention to all of that. And it's like, you know, I don't really know the, I only know how they grieve visually because they don't talk to me about their grieving process. I'm not going to force them to, I'm just, I'm just watching and kind of making sure everything is, is cool. But it let me know that for real trauma, it trauma has no, no age limit, right? The youngest to old, the youngest person can experience trauma to their understanding, same as the oldest person could experience trauma to their understanding age it's not a factor. Trauma is trauma. And we are under the assumption, like people will say, oh, kids don't remember stuff until they're five or six or something like that. Whatever it is, something crazy. And I'm like, eh, I kind of remember stuff when I was two. So I don't, I don't know. And I'm not a superhero and I, I'm not special. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't, I don't know about that. So I pay attention to my kids like because they, they've gone through, through so much. And it's like, man, trauma is crazy. Um, and it'll affect, like, it'll affect your physical, your mental, and emotional. The impact of all of that, like I, like I said, I thought I was doing well by, by suppressing my stuff to help to, to be present or quote-unquote present for them. The impact of Kennedy's death, the impact of the divorce, the impact of the situation with my daughter's mom, the impact of my last relationship, the impact of everything has pushed me into this position of I need to chill in the shadows so that I can get everything correct. Like, I don't need to be out in the open. I don't need to, to be seen, even though because of the podcast, because of the poetry, I need to be seen. But trauma forces us to put a mask on. It forces us into hiding, creating a sanctuary within ourselves where we attempt to shield from the pain. That's the only place we feel safe. And I'm telling you, if you don't know how to isolate properly, it could be detrimental to your mental in a, in a bad way. Um, this exile, the self-imposed exile can lead to a multitude of mental health challenges. If you're not properly equipped to handle being on an island by yourself. I personally have always been a person that I'm capable of being by myself. Um, I learned a long time to, you know, dead my emotions to a certain extent. I used to send out to the universe, yo, I don't want to care about anything that doesn't affect me. Right. And I kept like that was that was one of my mantras just because I know how uh, empathetic I am. I know how gung ho I am about helping people and just jumping, you know, head first into things. Oh, I wanted to. Uh, get a, a level of strength against it. And if it didn't affect me, I wanted to be able to not care. I wanted to be able to understand it doesn't apply to me. So I don't have to make a comment and or feel anything about it. And 
before I was able to do that, uh, isolation was hell. I was tripping. It was, it was, it was anger. It was rage. It was selfishness. It was uh, confusion because I'm by myself and I know I need to be by myself, but I don't know why I need to be by myself. I just know that I'm getting pulled left and right with this is how I was raised. Oh, that's my elder. They can do and say what they want to do. Um, this person can say this. They didn't hit me or they didn't try to kill me. So it's OK. But the whole while it's, it's affecting me. Then I learned how to love me. I learned how to be okay uh, with by myself. I learned how to uh, remove my my emotions from things and understand it's not even about me. A lot of things that I've been through, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of disrespect had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with the person. It took me a long while to understand that. Right? Once I start understanding that, I don't even, I don't, all right, cool. Cool. That's who you want to be. That's who you are. For me now, when stuff is, is crazy and stuff, you know, it feels like disrespect. It feels like hurt. It feels like pain. Without communication, I fall back. Because the, the trauma is there. I'm just trying to not have an outburst. I'm just trying not to say something that is going to uh, take me outside of who I am. What I've learned is that a trauma often triggers a survival response. And that's me for real, for real. Once I feel trauma, my back against the wall, everybody got to get the fuck away from me, kids included. Like once I'm in survival, survival mode, very dangerous place to be in for me. Because, excuse me, because nothing and no one exists. Nobody could help me. Nobody could save me. Nobody could lift me up. Nobody could put me down. I'm just I'm back against the wall. Let's get to it. Because now I have to survive. Now I feel like my life is in danger. Um, and I got to do what I have to do. And I feel like having people who don't who don't have urgency, who don't have uh, who I can't really depend on, who think I'm extra or don't pay attention to my feelings for real. I can't I, I, I don't trust enough to do that. This this survival response. It leads us to. Withdrawal. And we were we withdraw because in our minds we're protecting whatever it is that we feel like needs protecting. Our minds seek a level of refuge and it creates a space where it it can attempt to make sense of the overwhelming experience that we're going through. Right. This issue with. With Kennedy. And me not being able to fully grieve. It has put me in a position. To. I have like I got to shut everything down. And that gets aggressive and that gets selfish and that gets arrogant. That turns into I, I, I. I'm being honest, y'all know I'm big on accountability. But I feel like 
I'm being attacked for grieving for so long when in reality I haven't even been able to grieve because I've been helping everybody else and it's nobody else's fault but my own. My isolation, like I have to have isolation from my isolation, meaning my real isolation is me and my kids and making sure everything is good. But I have to get to a point to where in a healthy way I can even isolate from them so I can do what I need to do to heal. Right. One of the biggest things that has happened to me throughout this entire process is elevation of insecurities. Uh, the elevation of my parenting, being insecure about that. Um, being insecure as a protector, being insecure as a confidant. It sometimes be the smallest things. Like somebody to somebody else, it'll be it'll be so small, but to me, it, it's like the weight of the world is on my shoulders, and I'm just trying to figure it out. And when I try to explain it to people, and this is why I completely stopped like trying to talk to people one on one. And this is probably why I have a very difficult time having conversation with people one on one these days because. I feel like I'm not heard. I feel like there's always an ulterior motive in, in, in a response, right? And I'm not that person. Like if I'm coming to you and I'm expressing myself, like it's like, I don't, I just want to be heard, right? I want you to talk to me as if you understand me. Like it had never happens. And a lot of times Telling your story sometimes creates more hurt than it helps. And that's why a lot of times people do not say anything when they are abused, when they are disrespected, uh, when they are hurt. Like, and I'm talking about from others, a lot of times people won't say anything because of your... Your hurt is offensive. Your pain is it's offensive, especially if it's somebody that people like. Right. If it's somebody that people care for and somebody who they. Oh, my God. I don't. That person could never do that. And it's like you don't know that person. You know who they present to be. The truth is only the truth because somebody beat you to it and said it louder. That's why like, it's so weird to me when people are like, it's your truth and their truth and the real truth or whatever. No, the truth is the truth. But how it works in the world is whoever say it first and whoever say it the loudest, that's who's telling the truth. And I've learned to understand that that's how it works. So I don't even be trying to tell my side. Because I don't need the extra questions of why didn't you say it then or why are you saying it now people don't understand how pain really works people don't understand how emotional trauma really works people don't understand how grieving really works and if you're not careful you're going to put yourself in a position to have to wear a mask all the time i used to have it on all the time and i hated it i really learned that i i, I hate it like people talk to People talk to you 
after trauma. Like they talk to you when they knew who you were. I try to tell people all the time, like, I'm not the same. I can't, I don't, I don't, I don't have it in me to hang out a lot. I have, I have too many insecurities. I have too much going on in my mind. I don't, I don't go out a lot. I don't try to make a lot of friends. My old friends, I, I, I'm not the same person. I'm different after having kids. I'm different after divorce. I'm different after heartbreak. I'm different after Kennedy's passing. I'm, I'm different. And everybody keeps talking to who they knew. Everybody keeps talking to the Kevin who they knew. And they're not understanding he don't exist no more. He don't exist. And a lot of us are afraid to admit that within ourselves, that that version that everybody keeps talking to and we keep on being OK with that. We keep on being OK with not being heard, with, with not being felt, with not being respected without like we, we keep acting like it's OK and it's not. And we have to start understanding in order for us to heal. We have to stand 10 tones down and say, hey, that's not me no more. You're talking to a person that doesn't you're talking to a person in a in a way that doesn't exist anymore. It is important when you are dealing with people who have experienced trauma after trauma that you take that into account when you're talking to them. My mind is 100 percent different. I don't see life the same. I don't see spirituality the same. I don't see friendship the same. I don't see partnership. The same. I don't see, like that person is gone. It's too much trauma that I that I've been through. I can't find the old version of myself. There has been a reboot because of all this trauma. And until you surround yourself with people or uh, find enough people that understands trauma, your friendships and your relationships are not going to work because they're wanting you to be the person you were before anything happened. And you're trying to be that person, but that person is gone and none of y'all know. It took me so long to figure that part out. Like, yo, like y'all, this ain't me no more. This shit hurt. I don't want to do the same things no more. I have experienced the highest level of pain for me and that's losing the child. I've lost father figures. I've lost grandparent, uh, grandparent figures. I lost uh, my cousins. I've lost friends, aunts, uncles, and all that hurt. But nothing, nothing changed me like holding my daughter dead in my arms, bro. That same gentle, loving peanut that, that he's not here no more. I had to learn how to love again. I had to learn how to understand life. I had to understand the meaning of life for me. Like I had to, I had to rebuild on all of that. And it's different. So if you, if you loving me in a way uh, uh, that was good for me in, in 2000, 2005, 2006, and you're trying to pull that on me now in 2023, you should not going to work. It's not going to work. Because I'm now slowly taking the mask off of fitting in, of hiding. It's not healthy. 
the stress it causes, the headaches, the heartaches, the the palpitations, all that, all because I'm just like, nah, I ain't, I'm not about to say nothing to nobody about this. I'm gonna keep it pushing. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a suppress it. I'm a, I'm a look good for public. Um, I'm gonna look good for the kids. And what happens is that in hiding, it can like, it comes with a very, very high cost. It comes with, how can I say it? When you are hiding incorrectly, it contributes to an exasperation of your mental health. And if you stay in isolation for too long, it breaks something down in your mind to put you in a, in a place to where you feel like you don't need nor want anybody. And no one is strong enough to stay in that space for, uh, for forever. Isolation incorrectly or isolating incorrectly within your realm of trauma, it creates feelings of loneliness and disconnection. It fuels depression, it fuels anxiety. So though you need a level of isolation so that you can dead all the noise and hear yourself think and try to come up with a plan when you do it incorrectly and stay too long, it could be detrimental to your mind and it can manifest in various ways from nightmares to flashbacks to um, remembering trauma that you, that you have forgotten. Like it's certain things that I remember play by play. It's super weird to me that my memory is not that good anymore, but if it's chaos, if it's if it's trauma and you've done something to me, we got into an argument, disagreement, I'll remember it word for word. I want to be able to remember the happy things like that as well. I want to be able to to be to be happy again overall. I don't want to be be bogged down with nightmares. I don't want to be bogged down with with uh, fog. I don't want to be bogged down with just negative things. So in order for me to do that, I got to I got to continue to chip at this mask. I got to continue to 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 be as open as possible when I can. I have to you know use my discernment and, and figure out if the people who I trust with what I'm saying are hearing me at least, even if they don't offer me a solution, because again, I'm not really a, I'm not really a person who asks others for solutions before. Like I, I beat it to death with research on trying to figure out the solution myself. I'm just, that's just who I am. The reason why these things are amplified in isolation, because we are holding everything in and it's bubbling over in our mind because our minds, I don't care how you slice it, how smart you are, how many, how many books you read, how many, you know, cause that's how you strengthen your mind, um, with, with knowledge, right? You do brain exercises and stuff like that. And I don't care how big your brain is, that John going to get overwhelmed if you do this incorrectly. 
there's so much unresolved trauma that we have that we continue to try to hide and and, and um, try to put to the side. But what we don't realize is that even though we are suppressing these memories, suppressing these thoughts, there's going to be something that's going to create an overflow and knock all that shit out. I'm telling you, when Kennedy died, it was like the universe knocked the sonic rings on my ass of traumatic thought, traumatic memory after one after another. And I'm like, where is all this coming from? Right. Because I've been I've been dealing with the kids. I've been, you know, living life. I've been, you know, doing what I'm doing. But where's the where's the rest of this coming from? I'm remembering hurt from from. A kid. I'm remembering pain, trauma, things, you know, from being a kid. And it's not like those things never hurt me. It's not like those things didn't affect me in real time. But again, we was raised in a time. Suck it up. Shut the fuck up. We're like, what is you crying for? And I'm not crying now or, or you know, making it like that. But I'm just trying to help you guys understand that. We have to stop putting everything to the side. I don't care how small it is or how small someone else makes it seem. If it's something that is affecting you, you have to deal with it. If you continue to put it to the side, it's going to compound and compound and compound until it overflows and you're not going to know what to do. And then you're going to be raging out on people. You're going to be so mad because you don't even, you don't even understand. Like that was one of the biggest things. Like when I when I finally figured it out, like, bro, you got to take the mask off. You tripping, you trying to hide all this stuff um, from everybody, but you hiding from yourself, too. And so that's why everything that I tell you all on this podcast is inside out. I don't give a fuck who who see a mask or not on the outside. I have to want to see who I am. I have to be the person that I say that I am and me acting like I am not hurt, me acting like um, things didn't happen, me acting like, oh, well, that person is 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 has this title so they could do what they want to. You're being extra like you got to chill until I stopped doing that was miserable. Now I'm less miserable and I'm less frustrated because now when I feel a way, I deal with it myself like, yo, like, yeah, I, don't, I, I shouldn't have to feel like that. And now I've taken control of how I deal with people, meaning. If you do something to me, right. Because I used to hide, I used to like when I say mask was was heavy, People would say certain things to me, do certain things, and I would just be like, my feelings would be so hurt and not understanding. Like, why you don't see that that, why you don't see that that's hurting me? Like, why do you feel like your feeling about this thing is greater than mine when I'm telling you what you are doing and what you are saying is hurting me, right? But I never said nothing. I used to just keep that in my mind. Like, like you don't see that that hurt me? Like I, like I said it, like, all right, cool. And I'm still dealing with the person. Because in my mind, I love so hard 
if I leave them, they're not going to have no, like, I don't want them to hurt nobody else. I don't want them to put this level of pressure and disrespect on nobody else. I'm strong enough to handle it. Oh, well, I'm, I am not. It just took a while. Took a while for that facade to break within myself. Like, fam, you are strong, but you are not that strong. This shit really is affecting you. I used to be, I don't give a fuck. Blah, 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 blah. I care less. Oh, I care. I, I care. But then I start reversing that energy of all of that caring and not caring and all of that rah, rah, you disrespect, all of that, put that into you and learn how you need to be loved. Learn how you want to give love. Learn how you want to be spoken to. Speak that way. Right. Don't let this traumatic life that you've had change you into something that you're not. I'm not my trauma. Yes, it happened to me. Yes, I'm dealing with it. Yes, I'm fighting through it, but it's not my identity. And I had to learn that. But we get beat down so much while we're in the middle of grieving. So while like while we're in the middle of our weakness, we're getting beat up still. And so what happens is, like I just said earlier, I got to stop thinking about and processing my grief with Kennedy because King needs me. I got to give King what I could give him because Bossy needs me. I got to give Bossy what, what, what I could give him because Kev, Keanu need me. I am fifth on the totem pole of need in my own house. Fifth. But I'm just trying to make sure that they don't live the life emotionally and that they don't feel like they're, if they are having mental struggles, that they don't feel like, oh, just suck it up. You tripping. That's the devil or yada, yada, whatever. Like we've been going back and forth because they, They don't have another parent, right? They've already expressed to me. They've already expressed to her um, and their dealings with her and how they speak to her, how she speaks to them. To them, they have a dad and a big sister. And it's so fucking frustrating because I can't depend on the co-parenting, I can't depend on the seriousness of raising these kids and doing what's right for these kids because to them, that's their sister. Her behavior to them has reflected to them, oh, she's like our sister. I have to stop acting like I'm okay with that. I have to stop, I have to take this, that's, that's traumatic for me. What do you mean she's like your sister? So I'm having to do everything as a result to the importance of them being. That level of trauma presents itself in anger when they're not cleaning up the kitchen, when they're not 
sweeping, when the laundry room is, is, is dirty and it smells like mildew, when, you know, they're not doing what they're like, you see what I'm saying? I'm sitting here in this world of trauma and I have this mask on like, oh no, it's cool. I got it. I can figure it out, but I'm not getting a chance to grieve and it is imperative that we learn how to take these masks off. It doesn't matter who we're dealing with. We have to be able to deal with ourselves first. One of the weirdest things to me, and I, well, I always thought it was weird until I started my healing journey, right? I never understood why on the plane, they give you instructions that the plane is going down in the event people need oxygen, Put your mask on first, then put the, the persons next to you on that, you know, that quote unquote needs the help. And in my mind, I used to be like, well, why would I do mine first if they need the help? And then reality hit me as I'm healing, like, OK. In a split second, something could happen to you while trying to help somebody else. The thing that could have saved you, you did for someone else before you made sure you were OK. That's the same way that we are in regular life. We can be broke to our last dollar and we will give it to someone. We could be somewhere needing advice, needing a shoulder, needing an ear, and we are that for someone. There is this, oh, check on your strong friend. Check on fucking everybody, bro. If you love that person, if you are communicating with that person, if y'all are like that, check on them. It ain't a competition of you call me more than than I called you or you text me more than I text you. I know it's difficult. I it, it's, it's hella difficult dealing with me because damn, my thumb is dry. Um, it's hella difficult dealing with me. Because I have a high level of respect for the people I have it for and I don't want to push the emotional part of what I'm going through on them and it's hard to shut the emotions off right when I'm talking about you know the situation with my kids and their mom and it's 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 like it's been a hot topic in this house for a little while now a, a, a little while because I don't I don't understand I, I just don't. And maybe it's not for me to understand. And maybe I need to find a way to refocus myself on my portion of parenting and just let that be what it is. But it's difficult because I can't fathom you. Like, like, why you said that? Like, 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 I want to <laughs> I don't want you to feel like she is your sister because. As. <sighs> I guess co-parenting for real for is a lost cause. And I don't know why I keep having a hope that they'll see their relationship different, but they, they, they don't. And I'm and, and in all honesty, I don't want them to look at it like that, but I am not, I am not the one dealing with the trauma that they had to with her. I can only deal with what they, what they bring to me. And it's hectic. It's difficult. And it, it, a lot of times uh, uh, adding on to everything else, it forces me into hiding. And I had to learn how to not hide. I can't, I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I have to be who I say that I am under pressure, uh, uh, in the middle of fall, mad, uh, angry, like angry, rageful. I have to be who I say that I am in all of those elements. 
even when, when, when under the element of surprise, I have to be who I say that I am. And it's difficult. It is a very difficult process because, again, it's unresolved trauma that is forcing me into hiding. It's forcing me into feeling like I am not good enough to to be in the presence of other human beings. Because they're handling their trauma better than me. I don't know that at all. But in my mind, like how y'all just walking around cool. How y'all just acting like nothing even like like nothing even happened. And not saying that I'm that like. I don't want to dwell on it at all. I want to deal with it until it's in, until it's decimated. And I don't have to think about it again. But as we hide from, from the trauma, as I hide from the trauma, the world sees it as a facade. And the perception is you being fake or you're being extra or, um, it's not even that bad or suck it up. Like that's the perception of life. And it makes it challenging to recognize true struggle. Because I don't know if you, sh- I don't know if I'm seeing you or the person, you know, I don't know if I'm seeing your authentic self or a mask. I know for me, when I'm when 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 I feel like I am putting on a mask for other people, I just I isolate. And what I mean by that is when I feel like I need to regroup, I need to meditate, I need to figure out what this fog is and stuff like that. I know that my attitude is going to be different towards you, not because you did anything, but because I'm in this funk trying to figure out what the fuck the smell is. And I don't need you to be I don't I don't want you to be a part of that. I don't need you to be a part of that because it's chaotic. It's unfair to you. I'm going to be away. Um, And that's just what it is. And I'm very honest and open about that. There's a certain part of my mental illness, the level of depression that hits. I need you to get the fuck away from me. Because I am going to say something to you that has nothing to do with you. I am going to be in a mood overall. It has nothing to do with you. And even though I want to not be that way, I'm that way. So the best thing that I can tell you, hey, the fog is 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 deep. I can't I can't deal. Because I'm trying to process it. I'm trying to break this shit down. And you're not at the foundation of what this is. Like if this something that like if I'm in a relationship, right? If I'm in a relationship and it's something that me and my partner are going through. Yeah, you you part of this shit. So ain't no get away from me. Ain't no we not talking about it. Ain't no uh, fog this or fog that you are a part of it. So you have to help me like I have to help you if we fuck with each other like that. But if this something that my partner has nothing to do uh, do with or n- don't have no control over, I know I'm a rage on you because you don't know what the fuck going on and you're going to say the wrong thing on accident. So up front, I'm like, hey, love, listen, it's dark. It's it's darker than it than than it than it should be. 
and I got to chill for a second. I know it's like, oh, well, if you love this person, you know, you, you would be able to have these conversations. Like, I, I, I hear you. I understand that. But a lot of y'all haven't dealt with people with high levels of depression, with high level of paranoia, with high level of anxiety, uh, schizophrenic, bipolar. Like you, you haven't dealt with people with with those high level of, of mental stuff. And it's one thing for me, I can't, I, I can't, because I know how the world perceives mental illness, I can't allow you to be involved in something you have no, you, you had nothing to do with. You had nothing to do with that. So you have to be able to, like when, when, when people tell me, hey, like, all right, I, I can't fool with you. I'm not trying to hear your advice. I ain't trying. All right, cool. Hit me up when you can. Like, I have a couple of friends that we'll be talking, 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 and we, we do it to each other, right? We do it to each other because we just understand. We'll be talking back and forth, back and forth, and then it'll be weeks. And then we'll start talking like nothing ever happened. And what that typically means is one, one of us went through a fog that had us in a way, and we knew that it was going to be an outburst. We knew that it was going to be uncomfortable. We knew that the conversation was going to be negative regardless of how, what we were talking about. We, we, that's what happens. And I appreciate those relationships where, where I have that with, because, you know, I do it too. Like I like, and it's not because I don't want to talk to you. A lot of times it's just like, you know, you just become absent-minded and you get so locked into trying to figure out what the fog is. Right. A lot of times, like, you know, I'll, be, I'll think it's, you know, me feeling like I'm missing Kennedy, but it'll be something else. Right. Like I said, like more recently. Yeah, I miss Kennedy. But more recently, the 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 depth of my frustration is from my kids feeling like their mom is their sister and everybody behaving in that way. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I didn't sign up for this shit. No. You don't get to, you don't get to be fun and, and, and take pictures and post pictures and shit like you, like, like you being a mom and I'm dealing with them crying and frustrated and, you know, trying to figure stuff out. And, and you know, that shit is frustrating to me, but I can't, I can't want better for their relationship if they don't want better. But what I have to do is I got to chill and I got to deal with them how they give it. And that's very frustrating for me because it's like I used to be the I'm going to fix it, be the mediator, yada, yada, whatever. But now, I'm, no. I don't get no child support. I don't, I don't get nothing. I barely get food snaps. Right. But I got to deal with the attitude. I got to deal with the wants. I got to deal. I got to deal with the needs. And then when I'm like, yeah, why you don't ask her? And they just look at me. But I got to hide. I, I like I like. In public, I got to hide behind that because I'm not disrespectful to, to none of the mothers of my kids. I have every right to be. I'm not. I know how people I know how people are going to react if I have an outburst. They're going to. They're, oh, he just crazy. They're not they're not going to they're not going to look at the facts of the situation. You're not. Because the world sees us, sees people 
how they see him with mental illness, it creates a challenge. It really does. And we, people be suffering right in front of us and we don't know. We don't know. And a lot of times when we do know, we don't care. My heart was broken. Oh, you just need a new bitch. What? My life is in shambles. What is you talking about? My baby died. Uh, people die every day. What? What are you talking about? So there's this level of strength that everybody thinks is out there and that everybody is supposed to have, but it's like, it don't work like that. The stigma around mental health can be intensified when individuals conceal their trauma. Opening up becomes a daunting task, hindering the path to seeking assistance. Breaking this silence is crucial to recovery. That's why I do this podcast, man. Because I realized that mask was staying on longer than I liked it. And I couldn't allow embarrassment to keep me from helping people. I'm vulnerable on this podcast, not because I'm trying to be better than anybody or trying to exhibit more strength or, you know, oh, you went through it too. You weak because you're not. No, I'm on this podcast because it's a lot of people that have suffered in the way that I have. And I'm not just talking about losing a kid. I'm talking about uh, parental issues, uh, generational curses, mental work stuff, kid stuff. Like a lot of people have been through a high level of trauma. And because we were raised in a time to where we are, we were not allowed to have emotions outwardly. Everybody suffering right now. Everybody arguing about, oh, well, don't take me to Cheesecake Factory. Oh, if you have if you're a man and you have feelings, you sassy. If you're supposed to pay for everything as a man, you're supposed to do nothing as a woman, but be a woman like it's it's so dumb right now. And it's because everybody has on a fucking mask and nobody wants to be themselves. Everybody wants to be a part of this group thinking instead of coming up with their own solutions and then involving themselves. We have to be strong enough within ourselves to say, I could care less what the world thinks of me. I have to think high of myself and I have to think uh, correct of myself so that I can do what I need to do to survive. I learned late in life that I am the value. I'm the value. When you wake up in the morning, I want you to understand is when you're looking in the mirror, I want you to understand. I want you to let yourself know if you don't already. You are the value. The only fact of life is that we live and we die. Everything else is perception and opinion. Everything else. There is nothing factual about life except for we live and we die. Everything else can be altered. So therefore, it is not a fact. It's not a fact. Your financial situation, not a fact. If you uh, uh, beauty is perceptive or perception when it comes to beauty, it's perspective. 
You're always going to be ugly or cute to somebody. It doesn't matter. It's not fact. Your, your look is a fact. It being beautiful or ugly, it's not a fact. It's a uh, perspective. It's a perspective. When it comes to creativity, it's, it's not too expensive. It's not. Stop letting people tell you it's too expensive. The right people just haven't seen it yet. Stop letting, you, stop letting people tell you it's too cheap. It's perspective. I sit and, and, and I watch certain things and I'm just, you know, just mentally taking notes and stuff like that. And like I'm on TikTok. Right. And I'm and, and you again, we just, we in this phase of everything got to be name brand. Everything got to be designer, blah, 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 blah. Yet everything on TikTok going viral is from from Wish and Timo. And this is the, the cheapest product you could buy. But everybody is hyping it like, oh, it's the, because. They're saying it first and they're saying it the loudest. You are the value. You dictate what beauty is to you. You dictate what value is to you. What's pretty, what's ugly, what uh, uh, when it comes to creativity or when it comes to you buying clothes or, or styling and stuff like that. You're the value. And a lot of people don't recognize that they don't understand it. They're waiting for somebody to say, that's cute. Get it. Oh, that's ugly. Why'd you get that? I wouldn't have paid that money on that. Oh, that little thing that that's cheap. That's this. That's when we break everything down, everything comes from the same supply. I talk about foundation a lot, right? I talk about foundation a lot. Every piece of material that we have, if it's leather, it comes from wherever, wherever leather comes from, just a different part to make it high or lower quality or what have you. If it's cotton, cotton is cotton, water is water, gold is gold. Like you create the fucking value. And until we understand that we're going to be in this freaking roller coaster cycle of Depression of chaos of not knowing ourselves because we keep trying to be a part of the group. Fuck that group. Stand alone. Learn how to stand by yourself. Have your own thoughts and ideas. Take the fucking mask off. Because clearly it's, it's, it's blurring your fucking vision. And let's get to it. I'm tired of not understanding that I am the value. And that's why I move how I move now, because I understand who I am to me, not to anybody else. I understand who I am to me, and I'm able to stand 10 toes down on who I am. Because I learned my value. Knowing your value is cool. Understanding that shit is life changing. Because you won't look at things the same. You won't move the same. You won't speak the same. You won't deal with the same people or the same things. It's just about understanding you are valuable. You don't need that mask. And I'm talking to myself as well. Here are some things that, um, that help me when I feel like, all right, fam, you, you, you far into the darkness. Like 
you're you're far. You got the mask on with the hood up, sitting in a dark blind. Like can't nobody see you for real. You can't even see yourself. These are some things that I do to help me um, come out of it. And they they help me come out of it to an extent. I mean, certain certain issues take more than others. Um, because I isolate a lot. <laughs> Reflecting on my reasons for isolation helps me. Um, Understand why you withdrew in the first place. Identify your fears, anxieties, and other factors that contributed to your desire to hide. I'm very big on like going over the issue in my mind. Like when I'm dealing with people that I like uh, that I isolate from or uh, places that I don't want to go no more are just things, right? I'll sit down and I'll be like, hmm, this is why I felt like I needed to hide from that. And a lot of times my reasoning for hiding is because I don't feel like I can communicate in a peaceful manner when I'm hurt to a certain level. And right now, everything seems escalated emotionally when it comes to uh, negative responses or defensive responses, because I haven't been able to fully, you know, grieve the things that I, that I've lost. So reflecting on them and identifying what is the main thing that gets that going, um, it helps me come out because I'll write it down and I'll, and I'll be able to say to myself, eh, it is what it is. Let it be. Or, you don't want to deal with that person or you're not going to deal with that person no more. So that part really don't matter. Um, the other thing that I do is I set realistic goals. Um, and the key to the, the key to, to setting goals is starting small. Like don't, don't put your biggest jump first, like your top five, in my opinion, cause I do 10, your top five should be tangible things that increase in difficulty, you know, one to 10, um, one through five need to be tangible things, just just simple. Like I know this sounds crazy. Um, when I was at my highest depression, I wasn't showering, wasn't brushing my teeth, wasn't doing anything. My room was full of water bottles and snack like snack wrappers, like in the corner. Anybody who 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 suffers from depression understands that depression corner, right? And so a, a mini goal would be okay. Get in the shower today, brush your teeth today, um, pick up the water bottles. That's tangible. Like the goal would be let's do a week straight of making sure the room is clean. I know it's small, but for a person who's who's deep in the fog, that's that's big. Trust me. Talk to somebody who who goes through it. Um, you have to set achievable goals that gradually push you out of your comfort zone. This could be. Um, attending a social event, reaching out to an old friend or joining a community group. That right there for me, the joining the community group, which is why is the only reason why I'm on, um, I'm in a group chat because I needed to be a part of some type of community that could keep my mind occupied um, on today. 
and not in the past. That's a, that's what that's a big key too of healing is that it's not that you're forgetting what you've gone through. You do need to uh, be around people or do things that keep feeding your mind positivity because that'll eventually help you. Uh, pull yourself out of darkness, pull yourself out of self-inflicted hiding, um, and it'll help you kind of gain uh, ground and in, in, in foundation. Um, engage in some activities that you enjoy. So reconnect with hobbies and activities you used to enjoy because doing things you love can boost your confidence and help you rediscover your passion. That's like, I went on my trail because um, I, I normally walk 10 miles on my trail like every day. I know that I'm not supposed to do that. I mean, more recently, I've been on my bike more than anything, my stationary bike, but I love to run. I know I'm old. I know I can't get out there and, and do what I used to do, you know, on my track days, but I love it. And being out there, just, you know, right now, just a, a brisk walk because I'm so not in shape, but just being out there in that element, it helps me. It, it gives me a sense of joy, you know, if only for those 10 miles that I'm, you know, that I'm walking, that I'm brisk walking, that I'm jogging, whatever. If only for those moments, there's peace. When I'm writing poetry, there's peace. Even though a lot of my poetry is pain based, it's, I know it sounds crazy, it's peace. When I'm studying for the podcast, it's peace. When I'm studying, you know, as I'm, you know, um, preparing to complete my grief counseling certification, I know it's pain there, but it's peace in doing things that uplift for me. And those are things that up that uplift. Um, in practicing self-compassion. I struggled with this for like in silence my entire life of just being compassionate with myself always felt like um the smallest thing wrong like it felt like the biggest thing it felt like life was over any wrong that i've ever done and it took me to be an adult and just really processing life to see how mean i was to myself to see how hard i was on myself how disrespectful i was to myself because others were doing it. And, I, and, and instead of treating me how I should be treating myself, I was treating me how I saw other people treat me. And the value that I was giving myself was uh, uh, reflective of what of how other people saw me. And so there was no there was no self-compassion. There was no self-love. There was no self-care. There was none of that. Everything about me was was what others saw, not what I saw in my reflection. And I had to learn to be kind to myself. I had to understand that everybody faced the challenges and, and they handled them differently. And I have to be able to keep myself engaged with positivity. I have to be able to to make courageous decisions and encourage myself. And I think that I've been doing that for the most part now, but it took a long while to get here. I had to take that mask off. I had to understand my value. I had to, to say to myself, like, do you want to be who you say you are or who they who they think they see? And so I don't want to wear the mask. I like I'm I'm done with all of that. I don't I, I don't I don't want to hide. It's certain things that I know I have to. I have to. 
and not even necessarily hide, but more so I have to just chill so that I can regroup and I have to make sure that whoever I'm allowing to pour into me is pouring into the version of me after the trauma. Like, don't talk to me like I'm healed because I'm not. I'm healing. If you knew me when I was little, you're not like talking to me now from that perspective is useless. That person wasn't married. That person didn't have kids. That person didn't lose a kid. That, per that person hadn't lost jobs, cars, money. Like, it's different. And we have to realize that. I don't ask people to walk on eggshells with me. I just ask people to respect what I'm going through. And if I ask to be left alone, leave me alone and don't take it personal. If I'm strong enough mentally to have conversations with you and we converse, allow it to just be that. Because just like I like I now I go out of my way of understanding so that I don't get offended when somebody's not talking to me. I don't get offended when someone is emotional and it happens to slip and they take it out. I don't I don't it don't bother me. Because my self-awareness allows me to put other people in my shoes when they're doing certain things to me. And it's like, oh, OK, cool. You haven't got to the point to where uh, you know how to just just back off. You haven't got to that point yet. Like the pain for you is, is so evident and so strong that you have to you have to be this way. I understand it. I'm going to give you a chance to do that. And then I'm going I'm to show you by example, because that's that's big with me. I got to show you. By example, how you going to deal with me. And if you're incapable, then you don't have access to me anymore. As simple as that, I'm not I don't place importance like I don't think to myself, I'm so important to you. That you never going to say or do anything that's going to lose me, I don't do I don't do that shit. Anybody on fucking earth, I don't care how close we are, there is something that you can say and or do that will have me never talk to you again. And that's just that's just understanding. Like, I get it. Oh, forgive, forgive. For, I get it. But when I am forgiving you and you are turning around and doing the same thing, what am I doing? As I'm changing in life and as I'm grieving and going through what I'm going through and as I'm removing this mask of deceit from my face for, for myself, right? I've understood my value to myself. I understood and understand who I have to be to myself from protection to loving to giving to date uh, to taking to caring to not I, I understand who I have to be to myself. I'm not faulting you for not knowing I am just a person who I don't need the extras. So I remove myself. It doesn't make me any better. I just don't want to get any worse because especially if if I care for you on a friendship level, uh, uh, on like if, if I was if, if I respect you, oh, my God, and you do some fuck shit and disrespect my emotions and or disrespect me. 
it hurts so bad, but I'm at the point in life to where I, fam, I'm not about to fight. I'm not even about to argue with you. You got it. You're going to need to figure out a new punching bag. You're going to need to figure out a new person to rage on because it's not me. It's not me. I go out of my way to remove my mask and be honest. Hey, I'm going through it. I can't talk to you right now because I don't know how I'm going to respond. You don't know all my triggers. I don't know all my triggers. And right now is a very sensitive time for me. And you might say something. And you have no idea that it affects me and it could alter our relationship for the worse. And you had no idea that it was a trigger of mine. So when I'm in this this deep level of fog and where my emotions and my energy is extremely sensitive, I can't be around everybody and everybody can't be around me. But it's something you learn after you take that mask off and you look yourself in the face and you tell yourself, I am enough. I am not the trauma. I am not the triggers. I am enough. Value isn't um, value isn't an inherent quality. Whether it's a perception shaped by individual perspectives, experiences and priorities. What you find valuable might differ from someone else's view based on their unique lens of life. You got to paint your own picture with your own vision. You can't rely on other people to paint pictures of a story they have no clue about. You are more than enough. More than enough. You are valuable. You are loved. You have to understand it for yourself and you have to take that mask off. You have to be who you are supposed to be. and You have to be who you say that you are to you. We got to go through something to get somewhere. I'm glad y'all are doing that with me. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Head over to www.peacefullyflawed.com for all things complex and your Poetic Properties merch. If you want to donate to the podcast, head over to Good Pods, download it. It is a great app to have for podcast hosts and listeners. You can interact with your favorite podcast hosts in real time. You also can go to their page and leave a tip. If you want to donate to the business overall, head over to my Twitter page, The Complex. It's a tip jar over there as well. If you are somebody who comment, likes, and shares, I appreciate you all the same. I think we're in 28 uh, countries now, still growing. Let's keep getting to it. I love and appreciate you for liking, commenting, and sharing. Please continue to do so. Again, www.peacefullyflawed.com for all things complex. I want y'all to remember that no matter the darkness, as long as we have air, we have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. Peace.